everyone, and welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Floyer, and I'm the host of this weekly broadcast put on by SPED Homeschool, as well as its founder and CEO. We at SPED Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges, and I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn about more about the resources that we offer and support that we give um, to families. And... Um, some of the best resources are on our YouTube channel as well as our website. So I encourage you to check out both those as well as our, our podcast channel and um, our actually the number one special needs homeschooling blog, which is on our website as well. So, um, but every month we at Sped Homeschool focus on a different main topic and we try to, to build in the new content that we're creating to be around that topic. And so this month we're focusing on homeschooling and medical issues. And I know a lot of people are sick right now. And so it just seems to be <laughs> a really good time to focus on this. And so we brainstormed about this a long time ago. Um, but just know that all of our conversations on this show this month are going to be focusing around that topic as well as all of our new blogs. And so if you see a post on, on Facebook, on on Instagram, various places, you'll see that our podcasts, our broadcasts, as well as our blogs are all focused on homeschooling and medical issues. That doesn't mean that that's all the content we have. We have a lot of content. We've, we've been around since 2017 doing this. And so um, just search through our libraries if you're, you're looking for other topics. But um, today I'm super excited to share with you on a topic that we have never addressed before, and that's homeschooling with diabetes, um, with a child with diabetes. And um, we focused a lot sometimes on homeschooling issues and mom's health, um, which is an important thing. I totally agree with that. But um, we want to focus on just how do you navigate a lot with um, having a child with medical needs and just things in your home, but then adding homeschooling on top of that and doing it well. And so I'm super excited to have Stacy. Stacy, I forgot to ask you how you say your last name. Is it Wolking? Wolking, yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, Stacy's with us. She is a consultant um, with HSLDA, but um, I just want to thank you, Stacy, for joining us and taking time out of your, your very busy schedule to, to talk with us today. Oh, I am just delighted to be here. Yeah, yeah, you are welcome. Um, could you start off by just sharing a bit about you and your family so our audience can get to know you? Absolutely. So we have four kids. We mm -hmm. homeschooled from the beginning through graduation. Uh, I loved homeschooling. I, I'm probably a teacher at heart. I love uh, teaching. Uh -huh. um, but now they're all grown, married, mm -hmm. having kids, homeschooling their own kids, mm -hmm. which is amazing to watch. Wow. Um, we've been blessed with nine grandchildren so far and, um, some are local, two families are local, two are very far away out mm. on the West coast. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's hard being away from, you know, the grandkids, but, yeah. um, over the years we were involved in many homeschool co-ops, classes, activities. I was very heavily involved with our, um, local support group mm -hmm. and became the co-coordinator and, you know, scheduled speakers and things okay, for, yeah. for the mom's group. I love mentoring, encouraging, supporting, mm -hmm. you know, the, the younger homeschool moms. Um, and now I'm an educational consultant for HSLDA and I get paid to do what I love to do, which is it sounds like such and a encouraging. Yes. <laughs> it's perfect for me. Yes. So it's, mm -hmm. it's pretty great to be able to continue that legacy of, you know, just sharing just experiences, good and bad, 
You know, right. <laughs> it's yes. not like we're yeah. experts by any stretch. It's just yeah. we've learned we've learned a lot of things the hard way. I think. Yes, that is very true. <laughs> you just get up and you keep going, and that, that's that's good encouragement to start with. Because I think a lot of times we see people who have homeschooled a long time, and we go, "Wow, they're just like." Perfect. And I remember doing that myself. And and now having lived and homeschooled as long as I have, I'm like, no, no, (laughs) that perfection never happens. Um, We just get better at picking ourselves up and saying, well, (laughs) learns from that one. (laughs) Exactly. Well, I definitely think the biggest thing is learning to relax a little bit more. I'm definitely more relaxed now than I was then. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I tell my my daughters and my daughters-in-laws, you know, just enjoy them. Yeah. relax. You know, it's mm-hmm. easy for me to say though, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. You don't have that parent anxiety that right. you're going to mess right. them up and, and all the other things society will tell you. Right. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so yeah, so we have some viewers and I just want you to know if you're watching live and you have a comment or question, you want to say where you're watching from, we would love to, to see that in the feed. You can um, comment if you're watching on our Podia site, that's the Empowering Homeschool Network. You actually have to click into YouTube in order to comment. So I'll add that. And also, if you're watching on our Facebook support group, you have to allow our StreamYard platform the ability to um, post your name when when you make a comment. So those are the only two caveats. If you're watching directly on YouTube or on, on our Facebook page, you can just post and we'll see those comments right away. So... Um, So awesome. Well, let's dive into um, some of the questions that we've kind of pulled together and then we'll build in any as people um, comment as well. But when did diabetes enter your family and what are some common misconceptions people have about type 1 diabetes and the seriousness of that condition? Oh, well, okay. The day that changed our life. (laughs) You know, I was a busy homeschool mom of a fifth grader, third grader, excuse me, first grader and a busy toddler. Wow. And it was in January. We had all just uh, probably had a little virus or something, nothing big. Mm -hmm. But our two-year-old just wasn't bouncing back. She seemed off. Hmm. And she was just lethargic and clingy. And I just really didn't know what was going on. So, you know, it was a Tuesday, I remember so clear, you know, 20 something years ago, but you remember it was like it was yesterday and Mm-hmm. Uh, took her to the doctor. And of course, she's sitting on my lap. She's cute. She's perky. She's yeah, fun. And uh-huh. the doctor's like, eh, she's probably fine. Mm-hmm. And I really thought, well, maybe she had an ear infection or something. Because whenever I put right. her down, if I just had to, she would like lay on the floor and put her head on the cold, hard, you know, hardwood floor. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, mm-hmm. maybe she's got an earache or something. Right. So he checked her out. She was fine. So we went about our day and we went to, I took my older son to basketball. And <laughs> Um, sitting there watching his practice and she wet through her diaper to my lap. And I thought, well, that's just bizarre. That's never happened before, except the weird thing is it had happened just a couple of days before on Sunday for the first time. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I at church just kind of looked at each other as like, we thought, oh, one of us forgot to change her diaper as we're rushing out of the house. Right, because you have so many kids. And yeah, right. exactly. and we just We just dismissed it totally as just, mm. oh, we forgot to do that. And And so, but here the second time I knew that wasn't right. Something seemed Mm. off. And so we got home and I gave her a bath and, you know, for the first time, I just kind of looked at her and thought, you've lost weight. I just, you know, I couldn't. So all these things just started kind of Mm -hmm. piecing together. And by the time I got her to bed, I honestly wasn't sure if she had passed out in my arms or if she'd fallen asleep because 
She Mm. just was so lethargic. And so I was so worried. And right then a friend from church called and we were supposed to be doing uh, the next day. There was some kind of big pastor's breakfast that we were involved Mm. with our family. Uh And she called to ask about that. And I just told her, you know, something's not right. And Mm -hmm. so she prayed with me and Mm. I just felt such an encouragement. And I hung up Mm. the phone and I'm not kidding you. I had the thought, I wonder if she has diabetes. Wow. And I got to tell you, Mm. I don't know anything about diabetes. I'm not, that wasn't on my radar. Uh The only thing I knew about it was I have two, my dad's two sisters are diabetic. So my aunts, Mm -hmm. which I didn't see a lot. So all I knew is they were diabetic and I didn't Mm. really know what that all entailed. Or right. Anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was just such a bizarre thought. And I, and I remembered that when I was right after I gave birth to her, I had had a real bad bout of hypoglycemia and my doctor had given mm. me one of those test kits. So right, I thought, yeah. well, I'm just going to pull that out of the closet. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. so I pulled it out. I, I cleaned it all up and recalibrated it. And mm. my husband and I, we tested her while she was sleeping, mm. just a, you know, finger prick. And right immediately in 30 seconds, we're looking at, it was five or 600. I don't even know what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be 90, but you know, it was just, we knew. Mm -hmm. And I think it's one of those things where I think I kind of saw the big picture, like, oh, this is going to change our life. Whereas Mm -hmm. my husband was more like, oh, something's wrong. We got to go to the hospital. So it was, Mm -hmm. it was just such a different perspective, but I went and called the doctor and I happened to get the same one on call that I'd mm. seen earlier wow. in the day. That's like and never happens. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and I told him I had tested her blood sugar. And he just, he's like, you did what? I mean, he just was incredulous. Like, mm. why would you do that? And I, and I kind of walked him through, you know, mm-hmm. well, I didn't think of all these things when I saw you this morning. I just started putting this together. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, you know, I'll call ahead. You get her to the ER and mm. I'll let them know you're coming. And so we get there, they take us back immediately. They start her on an IV. She's just a dish rag. She is right. just yeah. completely lethargic. And, um, you know, they're coming in and out and talking, saying things to us and leaving. And we're mm. still just bewildered. We're just like, yeah. what? And she came in and said something and she walked out and my husband and I looked at each other. I was like, so does this mean she's diabetic? I mean, we still didn't have a grasp. Mm-hmm. And so then she, the nurse came back in and we asked her, so does this mean she, <laughs> and she must have thought we were crazy. She's like, I thought you knew the doctor told me you tested her blood sugar. And uh-huh. I'm like, well, we did, but we really weren't sure exactly what that meant. Right. And she's like, yeah, she's diabetic. <laughs> Wow. And it was like, wow, you know, it was just mm. such a, ah, okay. Mm. So mm-hmm. here goes something. Yeah. So it wow. just really started a, a big journey of, <laughs> you just wouldn't believe. But you know what? Mm-hmm. You mentioned misconceptions and right. seriousness. And mm-hmm. that is really a big deal because I'm not sure most people get the, really the seriousness Type right. One. Yeah. Um, I know, think because we, we are so familiar with type two. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that's not life threatening. And so mm-hmm. they don't realize that type one is. And mm-hmm. so, you know, a lot of people, there's different names for it. People call it juvenile diabetes, diabetes mm-hmm. mellitus, or insulin dependent diabetes. Those are all mm-hmm. the same thing. Okay. But it's really a life altering, lifelong condition where the mm-hmm. pancreas stops making insulin. Mm-hmm. Insulin is a vital hormone that allows your body to process. Uh, sugar and fuel and your food for energy. Right. Without insulin, you'll die. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Your body just won't be able to use anything and basically you'll just waste away. Mm. Um, Before insulin was invented in 1921, uh, people literally just wasted away. It usually took a couple Uh years um, and they would just basically starve to death while they're eating. (laughs) But Mm. people do confuse the type one with type two, which type two, you know, is called adult onset. Right. Mm -hmm. But type one absolutely cannot be cured There's nothing that can be done to reverse it. Um, It's not a lifestyle issue. Mm -hmm. Um, But thankfully, there is a lot that can be done to manage it well. And so, you know, that's the good news. Things Mm -hmm. have definitely changed. People probably remember like an older relative with terrible complications, you know, blindness or kidney failure, Mm -hmm. neuropathy, even amputations. And these were caused by long-term having high blood sugar and unmanaged oh, okay. diabetes. So these mm-hmm. kind, of, mm-hmm. kind of complications are very rare now because yeah. of medical advances. That's so um, they really don't know a lot about mm-hmm. uh, type 1 or why it happens. Um, it is believed to be familial, which is okay. not the same as hereditary. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were told it skips generations. My dad's, as I mentioned, my dad's two sisters have it. Um, But interestingly, my dad, his brother and his sister all have granddaughters with type one. Interesting. So it definitely, you know, we definitely saw that skip generation Mm -hmm. thing. Um, So, Mm -hmm. you know, I just don't know. um, Yeah. Something they say that, you know, like the, there's a genetics and then there's a genetic trigger because um, the same thing happened with my breast cancer, too. It's like, well, we don't see it in your genetics. But for some reason, all three, you know, there's three of my cousins and myself who all got breast cancer, the uh-huh. same as my grandmother. Um, and it was something that flipped that switch. And Isn't yeah, that it's, yeah, it is what it is. But but to, to have it on your radar when you do have relatives that have had it is is a good good thing to, to remember and, mm-hmm. and that it is. Something that can be, you know, is is age two pretty? Uh, um, I, I can't say. I mean, do kids <laughs> get get diagnosed that young? Um, I think on that's a more on basis? the now. I think that's a little bit more on the unusual side. I think okay. I read somewhere that you know more common is. Um, late elementary and then during the teen years, Mm, um, mm. you know, but certainly babies even have been diagnosed. Um, I'm trying to think like my cousin's daughter, I think she was, um, pretty sure she was like five. So, Mm -hmm. you know, who knows, but, but yeah, Yeah. it's, it's Mm -hmm. definitely more common in a little bit older children. And they say they can even be diagnosed when they're 30 and still be called juvenile diabetes. So, just because of they don't the really way have a magic number, itself. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure that it was named the way it was named because of the onset average. And, you know, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, we have one viewer who uh, let us know where she's watching from. Christine's watching from Huntsville, Alabama. Welcome, Christine. Glad to have you watching our show. And I see we have a couple other viewers too. If you want to pop on, say hi, that'd be great. Um, also, if you have some questions or comments as well, um, we'd, we'd love to make that part of our conversation as we um, just continue through the questions we put together. So um, what things have helped you the most as a parent of a child with type 1 diabetes that could maybe help other parents who face this diagnosis or, you know, similar medical challenges that are as life-threatening? Um, I think sometimes there's there's a lot of crossover and yeah, there's probably absolutely. a lot of things that you have done that would be helpful to know about as well. 
Well, I will say God has such a sense of humor. He <laughs> gave a diabetic child to this needle-phobic mother. <laughs> so uh, when she was diagnosed, it was quite throwing me for a loop. Um, oh, we were, wow. We were admitted to the hospital in the middle of the night. Doctor told me I he would be they would be teaching me and I would mm-hmm. give her 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 uh, my first shot first thing in the morning. Ooh. I mean I can't tell you. I, <laughs> did you sleep I at all that distraught. night? <laughs> no, no, I, I did not. I was distraught. How in the world was I going to do that? I couldn't mm-hmm. even fathom holding a syringe mm-hmm. in my hand. I mm-hmm. had so much baggage. This is my personal story, but from my mm-hmm. childhood. That I my childhood was filled with surgeries, long hospital mm-hmm. stays, dreaded mm-hmm. lots of needle sticks, and as I sat there in the dark holding this my sleeping baby's hand, mm-hmm. I just sobbed and sobbed and just mm-hmm. cried out to God. Um, but you know, as we all know, God is so kind and gracious, mm-hmm. and He really gave me an amazing gift that night. Mm-hmm. He showed me something that really changed everything for me. I mean, it didn't fix it over, you know, it was still really hard, Uh but but in my mind, I mean, I'm sitting there in the dark in the hospital room and in my mind, I saw a window open and in an instant, it's like I saw every awful medical moment of my childhood. Mm. And I clearly heard God tell me that all of that was in preparation for this moment so that Mm. I would be the best mother to care for my sweet baby. Oh, it was really a life-changing moment for me. Yeah. And for the first time in my life, I really could thank God for a lifetime of my medical challenges, mm. which, you know, that's a big deal. To, right. Not exactly. that I ever, you know, com- not that I ever blamed him or complained, but at the same right. time, there is always that, you know, why me kind of thing, even though yeah. you hope you're yeah. not doing that, mm-hmm. but yeah. there's a little bit of that. But mm-hmm. here I had my answer. I mean, I just felt like right. it was a gift to be mm-hmm. um, able to be prepared for her. So, yeah. you know, I was comfortable with hospitals and, you know, all that. I mean, mm. not, not with the needle part, but, right. <laughs> um, and, you know, God used it to help me get over that eventually. Mm. I mean, it was you never really get over it, but it, you know, it got me through. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, he's just so good. So, and he taught yeah. me some other things. He, mm-hmm. he really used diabetes to teach me some other major life lessons. Um, hmm. One particularly that really carried over into other aspects of my life. Um, I could do everything right. And I really think listeners could could relate to this because when mm. you're doing diabetes you're you're trying to get it right you know you're yeah, you're doing the care you're the, counting the carbs right, you're dosing uh-huh. the insulin yep and i could do everything right and it could still come out wrong meaning mm. her blood sugars would be high or low or crazy right and it was really a great lesson on doing the best you can mm-hmm. and trusting god for the outcome Right, And that's a hard thing to really embrace, but it really applies Mm -hmm. to parenting and homeschooling. And, you know, there's a freedom in that, you know, Mm -hmm. because it it helps you to just trust him to not have it all on your own shoulders, which, Mm -hmm. you know, we know we carry a lot. So that was, that was very helpful for me. Mm -hmm. It was interesting. I was reading Psalm 37 this morning and in the verses I was reading, I can't remember the exact ones. I think it's like 26 and 27, but it may be wrong. Um, but it talks about how we will stumble and fall. But then God says, I will have your hand. Oh, yeah. 
And it's like, yes, he already knows we are going to stumble. There's going to be places that are going to be too hard to stay upright, but yet he never lets go. And that's important to remember that he's always there. Well, another lesson that I could really, um, I think it would help parents to know what to expect Mm. is, and I wish I could remember when this was. I think she was probably, maybe we were six to 12 months in after she was diagnosed. Mm. We were doing okay. It was hard, but we were learning how to manage it. And for the most part, doing well. But I found myself regularly having episodes of absolutely falling apart and Mm. not being able and I'm usually pretty together. This was really bothering me that I was having such a hard time handling And I am so grateful for a dear friend the co-op group. She told me, nothing's wrong with you. I was grieving. I said, no, it can't be grief. My daughter didn't die. And she assured me that we can go through significant grief without anyone dying. And I had never thought about that before. Hmm. I realized I was grieving the loss of Mm -hmm. a normal life and the loss of date nights and the Mm -hmm. loss of a family stomping stomping for impromptu ice cream. I was grieving the knowledge that our daughter would have a lifetime of needles and carb counting and high-risk pregnancies. You know, I was mm-hmm. all those things. And, you know, I was so thankful for her counsel because it helped me immensely just realizing mm-hmm. what this was, identifying it. And because of that knowledge, I was able to stop being so hard on myself. Yes. And I could just let mm-hmm. myself breathe. Yeah. And mm-hmm. over time, the episodes got, you know, further and further apart and, you <laughs> right. know, and and not to say they didn't come back at a later mm. time, but at least I knew what it was. And yes. and I just think if someone hadn't told me that, I think I would have driven myself crazy trying mm. to, you know, just being hard on myself. Right. Because, yeah, don't you have your act together? I mean, these are the, the things that we say in our heads. Um, we don't say them out loud, of course, <laughs> except maybe to a good friend. Um, but, <laughs> but yes, and, and it is. And for every parent of a struggling child, whatever that child struggles with, whether it's, whether it's medical, educational, um, physical, we do. We, we have to grieve. And if we don't allow ourselves to go through that grieving process, it makes it worse. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. if you're so dealing you with this diagnosis or another, you know, medical issue, mm-hmm. don't easy on yourself. It's a lot to deal with. Give yourself yeah. grace. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we're already giving so much as we're homeschooling our children. Right. <clears throat> and I, I always said that diabetes pretty much used up the rest of my, the few brain cells I had <laughs> left, you know, because you're just <laughs> juggling a lot. Yeah. And Frankly, we had to learn a new way of life, including mm. how to manage food and blood testing and shots. Right. And to be honest, it's training, it's mm. exhausting. And I know other families with you know special needs children feel that way. It yeah. really takes an emotional toll to it all does. well for diabetes, particularly mm. to, to always be vigilant. And on mm. I just felt mm-hmm. like I was in high alert all the time for right. behavior and blood sugar, you know, highs and lows. Right. You were and a detective on exactly, top of being a parent. Exactly. <laughs> Before I could even discipline her, I'd have to check her blood sugar just to be sure that mm. her out of range blood sugar wasn't part of this behavioral issue, you know? And that's yeah. wow, that just opens up a whole nother you know, can of worms. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. We uh, our viewer on YouTube, Chris, Christina says it's also a lack of sleep, <sighs> grieving, guilt. We didn't catch it sooner. Thinking we ourselves can find a cure. I'll contribute to the losing it. And she's at least for me. Yeah. Oh my, Christina. Yeah. You just can't, you can't go there as far as wish we'd found it sooner. I mean, mm-hmm. everything's in God's time, but there's just, it's so subtle, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I was just, we were blessed with, you know, just somehow the right moment, but um, I do know a lot of people go through a long time of misdiagnosing or underdiagnosing. And something people right. don't realize mm-hmm. too is that when in the beginning, when you're first diagnosed, they call it the honeymoon period. But basically, some of the, you're still producing a little bit of insulin. Oh, so a lot okay. of times they'll wake up in the morning, like when I took her to the doctor that morning and she wasn't mm-hmm. that bad. But by evening, after she's eaten a lot of, you know, eaten right. her drank juice mm-hmm. or whatever, it's shot her blood sugar up. But but mm. earlier in the day, they kind of get a fresh start because their body kind of resets overnight right. and does yep. produce some. Mm-hmm. So that can really make the diagnosis even harder because, mm. you know, you start every day and they're doing better and you think, okay, we're good. And then by evening, yeah. they're not good. And yep. it can really be a, a hard thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, so it's, yeah, the last, back to that. Yeah, sorry. The last struggle I wanted to share was just, I felt for us, the one of the hardest things was finding the right balance between teaching our kids about diabetes, you know, all our kids, not just right, them, yeah, and, and scaring them <laughs> about the yes. seriousness and even the life mm-hmm. and death nature of mm-hmm. diabetes. I mean, this is a, a really tough call. And I would bet my kids would say, I probably, you know, scared them. But <laughs> you almost felt like you had to because they mm. had to understand how serious, you know, a mistake could be or, yes. um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. it's just so, and to be honest, I, I still don't really know where that, that line is between mm-hmm. that, but I know you have to educate them. And I know when my kids were older, we all wa- sat down and watched Steel Magnolias. I don't know if mm. you've seen that movie. Yeah, but, I haven't. Um, it's as an adult, um, she passes away from diabetes. I mean, it was set Mm -hmm. way back. So it was before care was as good as it is now, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it was just helping them. I thought it was a good idea. (laughs) They were older, they were, you know, teens Mm -hmm. or whatever, but, um, I think some of them think it's Gardam or something. So I feel so bad, you know, you try. I don't, yeah, yeah. we're we're just moms. We do the best we can. Exactly. (laughs) Oh, well, Christy uh, Horner is watching on Facebook and she says, hi, ladies, thanks for bringing this important subject to the table. Thank you for watching, Christy. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it is important to to go over those things because we we can beat ourselves up. We cannot know, you know, things that are going on and and with with any diagnosis. I know I didn't realize my middle child had dyslexia until he was 16. And, you know, I can do these interviews now every week and learn about all these things, you know, to look for when kids are young. And I can either beat myself up or say, you know what, this is just when I'm learning it and it's going to help somebody else. It wasn't there for me, but that's okay. My my son is doing fine. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and you know what, yeah. even if we don't get it when they're kids, mm-hmm. I mean, I have a friend whose son, after he graduated high school, you know, he went and got himself 80, 
ADD meds mm-hmm. and it helped him. And yeah. it's, it's nothing she realized was a need. And, and right. so there's no reason to, you know, beat ourselves up because mm-hmm. God will work it out in his time. Exactly. And, you know, we mm-hmm. only have what we have. So I just, it's yep. so important that we mm-hmm. not be harder on ourselves than we already are. I mean, I, I talk to women right. every day that are just so hard on themselves and that's, mm-hmm. that's our biggest, you know, that's our biggest um, obstacle, I think. It's just yeah. It is. Really fighting that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a book on my shelf, Lies Women Believe. Right. <laughs> yes. We all do it. So. <laughs> yeah. And and just finding that joy that in the day that we have versus the things that we wish we'd have had or seen or, you know, looking back so much versus looking forward and right where we're at. That's, um, it's so key. Yeah. So, yeah. So in addition to those things, what advice do you have um, about living well through type 1 diabetes? You know, first and foremost, if you don't already have one, find a great endocrinologist. It mm. is so important. It's totally worth a very long drive if that's what it takes every three really? months or so. Wow. Get to a teaching hospital that's up mm. on the latest and greatest diabetes technology and care. Because mm. I have talked to families that, you know, just go to their local endo and mm-hmm. it really just isn't up on the latest and mm. the quality of their life and the quality of their care is so um, not as good as it could be. And wow. so it is just, I just think it's critical and it's mm. worth, like I said, driving a couple hours if you have to, you know, find right. a, a good hospital. So mm. at the time we were living in Northern Kentucky, now we're here in Northern Virginia, but um mm-hmm. We were living in Northern Kentucky and we would drive the 45 minutes to Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Mm. And uh, we saw Nurse Nancy. Mm. We saw her every three months for eight years until we moved away. Um, And she, sometimes I truly believe maybe she was an angel because she was just a gift to us. She was so patient and kind. Mm. She really made an impact on all our lives. You know, my daughter didn't dread going to her Mm -hmm. visit, even though there was usually a stick involved, but you know, she loved seeing nurse Nancy and Mm. um, you know, it was just, I just, she was really such a support system for, for me and so encouraging. So mm. if a mom, you know, goes somewhere and, and you leave there feeling bad about right. how you're doing it, find mm. someone else because Such there's so advice. many good mm-hmm. people out there that can really um, build you up, bolster yeah. you and help you to through this. You mm-hmm. know, there's a lot, a lot of change. And the exciting thing was because they were, you know, I don't know about cutting edge, but they were, you know, definitely up there, you Mm -hmm. know, they were willing to step out and um, she was two. And when she was five, so three years later, Mm -hmm. they offered her to go on the uh, insulin pump, Mm -hmm. which is a huge step up in the ability to manage it. And they said they never had anybody this young that they would even consider letting be on the pump, but because she was homeschooled, Ah. And she was going to be home and uh-huh. I could monitor because there is right. more risk involved with yeah. it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's giving her insulin without, right. me, you know, doing a shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but they felt like, you know, we were a good candidate. So wow. I was, you know, I felt like that wouldn't have even happened, you know, somewhere right. else. And it did dramatically improve her hmm. life and, and our lives. And so it was a great change. Yeah. I, I never would have 
thought about how they how advantageous homeschooling would be for medical procedures that would you know help a, a child with um, with excelling in overcoming or at least dealing with their their medical issue versus you know just a lot of times we think of well you know it's a nice workaround with mm-hmm. you know homeschooling just kind of accommodates but it actually in your situation made it an even better situation than it could have been and absolutely so, I could not even fathom sending my diabetic child to school. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people did it over the years. You know, it's weird is when I was a child, I remember a little girl in my elementary class that was diabetic, the only person I ever knew. Wow. Huh. And she was very quiet and didn't, you know, very much kept to herself. But, you mm-hmm. know, I think someone came every day and gave her a shot or something. I'm not yeah. sure how huh. that worked, but... Um, you know, I just remember, boy, how lonely for her because, you know, it definitely wasn't as common back then as it is Mm -hmm. now. Right. So, so another thought I have was, um, if there's two parents in the home, it's so Mm -hmm. important for both to be involved in the diabetes management, um, and recognize you're not going to see it the same way. I was Mm -hmm. amazed at how many times we just, you know, my husband and I just saw things differently, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and Nurse Nancy helped a lot with, you know, kind of helping us work through that, that which is fabulous. That mediator. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, things like, um, I mean, of course, it's not best, but honestly, it's pretty tempting to serve the family prepared or processed food because guess mm. what? All the carb information is on the package. Oh. Versus every time I made a recipe, mm-hmm. which I cooked a lot, uh-huh. I had to calculate out the whole recipe. I had to figure out the carb mm-hmm. per serving. I had to, that, and that's just a lot, you know, to right. figure out how much dosing to give her of the insulin. And it had mm-hmm. to be accurate, you know? Right. So it's just something like that where you think, oh, so much, it would be so much easier, but it wouldn't be best, you know, for my family. Right. Um, another example is, it's very easy to get caught up in the fear of the low blood sugars mm. and not want your child to exercise because it can oh. dramatically affect their blood sugar, mm. even even after the fact. So often if they have a busy active day, they'll right. go low at night. So huh. that's a big stress. And Wow. You know, if she if she had a lot of activity in the day, we would mm-hmm. set an alarm clock and get up and test her in the night. Mm. Because that fear is always there, you yeah. know. And mm-hmm. so you just have to but you can't let you can't say, Oh, I don't want her to go out and play. Right. Yes. So exactly. it's it's just it's mm-hmm. a it's a battle, you know, that mm-hmm. you're almost fighting with yourself because yes, it makes it a little harder for us and, right. and it, you know, definitely mm-hmm. adds to some of the risk, but mm-hmm. You know, it's, you gotta, you gotta let them, you know, we tried to raise her, you know, as normal right. as possible for her sake, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but it seems like you worked, you worked systems into that, you know, knowing what typical schedules and, and needs that you had to, like with cooking, you, you knew that you had to tack on extra time to calculate. When exercise happened, you knew that you needed to set the alarm. So you, you developed processes within your own home and and that's seems to be you know a a good way to to think about it versus oh we've got to do this again well it's just a new process Mm -hmm. um it's just like adding something to your homeschool schedule (laughs) and that's a perfect segue into what my last point was going to be 
embrace your new normal for your family. Uh, yes. um, I've talked to parents that are still kind of waiting for life to get back to normal. Oh, mm-hmm. and, but it never will. You, you just, yeah. diabetes on any other medical issue, it changes everything. So mm-hmm. my advice mm-hmm. is rather than fighting against the changes, try to reimagine a new yes. joy-filled life that includes mm-hmm. diabetes. Right, <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. We just we just have to, but I love that. Yeah, add those processes and then it won't feel like you're reinventing the wheel every day. You're just like, right. okay, if she does mm-hmm. this, we do That's great yeah. advice. Yeah, well, and I know when I was diagnosed with cancer, I was put on a vegan diet. And, and so a lot of people, <laughs> that's the way I eat now. Yes. <laughs> and I have no sugar and no gluten. Wow. Um, but for the longest time, people were saying, well, how do you replace this? And I said, I don't, I make something completely void of trying to re- replicate uh, what I used yeah. to have and I enjoy it much better. You know, I, I find the challenge in, I, well, I don't, I don't like the challenge when everybody wants to go out to eat and I can't eat anything where we go, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but then there's, you know, this, I, I don't want to have to recreate a hamburger. I want something that is what it is instead of trying to look like something that you're eating <laughs> that I really shouldn't That's be eating anyways. Point. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but embracing that and the difference of it, and it can be exciting and it's an adventure for sure. <laughs> yes, that's a great way of, of counting it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what advice do you have for homeschooling, parenting, other siblings and maintaining a healthy marriage amidst these unexpected medical ups and downs? Yeah. Well, with, as with all parents struggling uh, you know, to homeschool amidst any kind of medical issue. Mm-hmm. We worked hard to make sure our other three kids got the plenty of attention. Everything wasn't always about, you know, diabetes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's really important that we be careful to not expect too much from other siblings or older siblings. You know, it's asking them to provide care or, mm-hmm. you know, unless they're like super comfortable with it. Um, I get it. It's, it's Mm. tempting. You, you want help from them. It's hard. You know, we never left her side for years. No no date nights, no getaways. Mm. I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't have somebody that knows how to do all that. Um, Diabetes care is serious and, Mm -hmm. you know, literally an insulin dosing mistake could, you know, be be fatal. I mean, I hate to talk about the bad side, but yeah, you got to know about that. Mm -hmm. That's a lot for kids to handle. Um, and it might be too much for some kids, but it, mm-hmm. other kids might be not too stressed by it. And mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. when our when our daughter was a teen, when our other daughter was a teen, she offered to help some. Oh. And she's hmm. just kind of that personality that didn't right. have kind of the any... internal caregiver. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she was four and a half years older than, you know, our, our the younger sister. And she was super responsible. She is super responsible and capable. And so we were grateful to have, to, you know, to be able to leave the house even for just short times. Mm-hmm. Um, so that did, you know, that definitely helped. But I was very cautious about it. And, you know, our sons, you know, that didn't feel comfortable to them. And, mm-hmm. you know, there was no yeah. pressure to do that. So I just right. think we have yeah. to remember that it's, you know, I you do talk to siblings sometimes who say too much was put on them. And I just think yeah. that's something we always mm-hmm. have to be aware of, you know, that's that we, very true. Mm-hmm. As hard yeah. as it is, because we really want, yeah. <laughs> but, know, but diving like, into that gifting too, like for mm-hmm. your daughter, that that probably was something that she 
you know, it benefited her and, and allowed her to use those gifts too within your home. So it, it can go both ways. Right. And yeah, right. yeah. You can wear your kids out a lot of times, <laughs> even good things. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, and I want everybody, every parent to know, you know, don't try to do it alone, enlist support. Mm. I mean, yeah, we didn't, you know, I made it sound like we didn't have any support, but we, we did, but it's not the right. same as having somebody that can step in and do all those things. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you know, try to educate your friends and family. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So it's important mm-hmm. for you to share, you know, what, um, you know, about your particular situation, if you can train Mm -hmm. someone else to test, you know, blood sugars, give shots, change pump Mm -hmm. sites, reload the insulin, all that stuff. Um, I am very thankful. I mean, you know, I see how friends stepped in my life at different times Mm. and and just really made a difference. And so for, for the parents out there who maybe don't have a diabetes child, maybe they know somebody, you know, Mm-hmm. The greatest gift you can give someone is to step up and, you know, support them. It is such a heavy burden, you know, any kind of medical issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a 24-7, never yes. goes away. Mm-hmm. And just having friends come along and do whatever so small important. thing, it is mm-hmm. so great. So three years in, I told you, I we, yeah. uh, we went to the pump. And so I was scheduled to go get um, training in how to put mm-hmm. the sight in it's like putting a needle under the skin it's not it's kind of like an iv but it's not in a vein it's just okay. under the skin but mm-hmm. you know it's still putting a needle in there and right. and, it, and you leave it it's a catheter so it you know okay. stayed in yeah. to the pump mm-hmm. this is mm-hmm. back in the well i guess they still have them but it was a tubed pump so it was a tube to the pump okay. now she has a tubeless pump so it mm-hmm. just um sits on her yeah. Um, without the tube. But anyway, so mm-hmm. I was going and a friend offered to go with me to Cincinnati mm-hmm. Children's. Um, and it was just huge that she mm-hmm. offered. I would have never asked, but it was just huge right. that she went with me and just was there. You know, mm-hmm. she learned about it. She, it was just such a great support. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it just meant the world to me. And, and mm-hmm. our angel nurse, Nancy, she even had me practice putting it in her, like, Wow. In her tummy, like, you know, so she was an amazing support. Like, and I'm like, I can't do this. And, and I was like, I remember that I like holding it in front of her tummy for the longest time. Like I couldn't make myself do it. Oh. And she slapped my hand. <laughs> make it go in. It's like, oh man, oh. I couldn't have done that. But she was amazing. So, um, but yeah, just if, you know, if you have a friend. It sounds like you were just surrounded by the support you needed. Mm-hmm really Aww. was. And I feel so blessed by that. And I know mm-hmm. that not everybody has that support. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so it is, um, well, this kind of leads to my next point, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, even if you don't have like those close friends like that, but maybe find somebody, I mean, like purposely look for somebody mm-hmm. else that has mm-hmm. diabetes in your you know, community, your church, your homeschool networks, whatever. Um, right. A lot of times it's maybe through like a nurse, Nancy, um, you know, and and just ask them, do you know somebody else that, yeah, that has a child about the same age? Absolutely. I mean, they say like one in 400 now have diabetes. So there's got to be someone somewhere, you know, Uh just just making, um, you know, that connection. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it's making that friend and then you have somebody that maybe you could leave your child with for an hour or two as a right. play date, you know, mm-hmm. but a leave you 
that they were they knew how to take care of it. And remember, every parent's mm-hmm. going to do it differently, so it's not going to yes, be that's exactly good point you do too. It. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still you know huge, but it's huge mm-hmm. for the kids too. I I really believe yeah, that I they need that. that it makes them feel normal when there's somebody else that has the same thing they, they yes. do. And I, and I do mm-hmm. think we have to find that for them. Mm. Um, you know, your child might feel like it's a little weird or awkward <laughs> to just approach somebody, hey, you got diabetes, can we be friends? But, right. um, <laughs> but sometimes you just got to do that. And you could always couch it as we're reaching out to someone who's newly diagnosed and we're mm-hmm. there to lend our support for both the the child and the parent. Right. Um, but really kids need a diabetes friend to mm-hmm. assure them they're not alone, help normalize it. Um, yeah. you know, and you know, there's a lot of diabetes, um, events out there, really? you know, like JD, JDRF, you know, juvenile oh, yeah. research mm-hmm. foundation. And those are great, but it's not for every kid, you mm-hmm. know, so yeah. take the lead from your child. If they don't want to get in the mm-hmm. big, you know, like where they're in a place where there's a hundred kids, you know, maybe right. that doesn't feel yes. good to them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let them decide on that. But, but do, you know, do try mm-hmm. to find somebody, um, you know, actually we reached out to somebody that we heard through the homeschool network, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that we heard was newly diagnosed and her daughter was, they were, our daughters were pretty much the same age, but they were teens. So mm-hmm. our, you know, my daughter had been a long time and right. it was new and we just, we didn't run in the same homeschool circles, but I mm-hmm. reached out and we got together and we just, you know, talked and right. whatever. And, and, you know, the girls are still friends, you know, oh, many years awesome. later. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's um, definitely has been helpful, I think, for her. And then as she's gotten mm-hmm. older, she's um, gotten into online uh, networking with yeah. other diabetic mm-hmm. children or adults yeah. and teens, whatever, you know, wherever, whatever stage she was in. And that's helped mm-hmm. a lot because then you're talking to other kids, even though it's online and I'm, you know, we're all social media conscious. I, I know. get that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if there's any time and place for it, mm-hmm. it's something like this where they right. really can connect mm-hmm. with others like them. And yeah. I know that's, you know, helped her a lot. That's good. Yeah, it's it's so good to have support, and it, it's good to be reminded that we we have to work for relationships, and they they don't just happen. You know, we want to just join a co op, and all of our you know have all these new friends. And um, a lot of times, when we have kids that struggle, um, we have one or two connections, but those are meaningful, deep connections that we have to go out and pursue. But it's worth the pursuit, and um, and it, it it does it pays back for years. I know we I started a what have called a pod now, but not <laughs> not when we were you know homeschooling right, at right. the beginning. Uh, <laughs> it was just called a couple of families getting together. Um, right. But but there's there's where the the longest lasting relationships and kids that you know other kids on the spectrum for my kids to be able to um, have relationships with. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's really good advice. Thank you for, for um, reminding us that, that it's, it's so important. And, well, just how and I that's do, blessed I do want to remind, you know, teens, that's a whole nother, mm. whole nother mm-hmm. world. <laughs> um, and it was different for us because she had grown up with it versus I, you know, see families that they're diagnosed as a teen. And so that's, that's a very different dynamic. Um, mm. Often when they're diagnosed with a teen, teen, they 
the teen is taking full ownership of it right off oh, the bat. Yes. Uh-huh. Whereas for us, you know, it was a process mm-hmm. where he, we had to be constantly reminded to pass on more ownership of it to her. And yeah. it was yeah. definitely a struggle, you know, that, mm-hmm. that safe balance between a teen wanting to do it themselves and them not really doing it well. Yeah. And so, yeah. Mm-hmm. again, I don't know the answer to that one other than you just have to be aware that. Right. Yes. Because sometimes when you hold on tighter, they get, yeah. it's mm-hmm. just like any other area. They're yeah. going to fight it more. So mm-hmm. um, it's just something to be aware that it's coming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Christine had added that um, Facebook groups for whatever diet style you approach diabetes with are great for parents like um, let me be 83 and type one normal. So those are ones I'm, I know yeah. nothing about because, you know, this either. is <laughs> maybe my daughter knows about them. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's yeah. great. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, we didn't have any of that back when, you know, I was raising the kids. Right. So. Exactly. I always talk about how there was uh, two books in existence about uh, high functioning autism. When my son was diagnosed. <laughs> nothing on the Internet because the Internet basically almost didn't exist. Um <laughs> That's datingness. Yes. I know. It's great. Yeah. Well, and lastly, you know, don't forget to, you know, pray for your child's future spouse. Um, We are so thankful for our son-in-law. He is Mm. very involved. He will give shots, change pump sites. He he just totally supports her. You know, that makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. You know, she... but part of it is her. She let him into that world right. and not exactly. just, okay, this is what mm-hmm. I do, you know. And so, you know, I would encourage people to, you know, really make sure that they do include the spouse, mm-hmm. um, you know, because it doesn't have to all rest on your shoulders. Right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. And I would um, say that attributes to your family's approach as well, is that you made it, you know, function within your family. So when, you know, she's looking for a spouse, that, that kind of is in the back of their heads mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. this is this is a lifestyle that's just going to go with me. <laughs> um, and and so I, I just want to commend you, too, for, you know, making it that part of your family, as you've been talking mm-hmm. about, too. So. Well, now she's an amazing mama of a mm. delightful 10-month-old. Uh, she's so sweet. And, of course, my husband and I certainly don't do much, uh, but we do try to support her in any way we can. And, um, you know, every mm. night for 20-plus years, last thing before going to bed, my hubby would test her blood sugar while mm. she was sleeping. He mm. always joked that he would be calling her on her honeymoon <laughs> find out what her blood sugar was. Oh. He didn't, I promise. <laughs> but the irony is that now we have technology that yes. links her. She has a Dexcom, so it's mm-hmm. a continuous glucose monitor. Um, it links it to our phones. Mm-hmm. She's all the way across the country, but yeah. we get alerts on our phone if her blood sugar goes too low. Yeah. And, you know, we can try to call her or whatever, but mm-hmm. we really appreciate that additional safety because mm. well, her military husband is gone a lot. So, oh, okay. um, yes. you know, it's nice mm-hmm. for her to, to have that connection, but mm-hmm. you know, the, it amazes me. The technology is yeah. so um, just such a part of it mm-hmm. now. I never would have dreamed, you know, yeah. that, that was going to be. Yeah, I thought it was crazy. I wrote an IEP, not an IEP. Yeah, it was an IEP um, and a request for accommodations on the ACT 
for a student with type one diabetes because they had to bring their phone in with them because it was right. hooked to their monitor. Right. Right. And normally you can't bring your phone in with you. And so, um, so that would have, you know, never happened <laughs> five, 10 years ago. And now that's a new accommodation that is, has to be allowed for medical purposes. Absolutely. So, yeah. All those yeah. wonderful apps now that we have on our phones that help with all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Christine had one more point, and um, she she added um, that their endocrinologist said that his whole senior year, he had to do his own self-care. And she said a friend of mine is looking into getting a diabetic alert dog for her college-bound daughter. So, yeah, there's a lot yeah. of different resources out there that just does help with that transition. Um, yeah, like, that's like you said, yeah. Like you said, you know, for every child, it's going to be different because mm-hmm. they're just different. You can't say, well, this is this year, and, you know, we're... And, you know, I could say that for all of my kids. This is the plan I have for you, but <laughs> whether or not it came about, you know, <laughs> and that's how they actually transitioned. Uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't always absolutely. look the way I wanted it to. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh. right. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, that's, I mean, those are some great ideas that, you know, I hadn't thought of like just the specifically, I'm glad the doctor is really pushing that like senior year, you need to do it yourself because we don't want to wait till he goes off to college potentially and and then have to do right. it himself. So, mm-hmm. so smart to be thinking ahead like that. Yeah. Yeah. Christine asked, how do we get that for testing? Do you have a template? Um, so we have a template for a, a homeschool IEP on our website at spedhomeschool.com. Um, if you just write that as an accommodation for your students throughout their high school years, when, so you'll have a history of IEPs of your student needing that phone, um, and, and that's how they test their, their blood sugar on a regular basis. Then when you request for services, and actually Stacy's very good at this, this is what you do for a job. So I'm, I'm going to have you add to what I add. But um, when you request through the college board for accommodations, they're going to not only ask you for the diagnosis, but they're going to ask you for past history of that accommodation. And so you'll have that already written up in an IEP. So what what else would you have to add? Yeah, I mean, I was going to mention that, number one, if you're a member of HSLDA, you can call and talk to the special yes. needs consultants at any mm-hmm. time, and they will walk you through getting accommodations, um, definitely. But typically, if you don't already have an IEP, I mean, it doesn't mean you can, can't still get the accommodation. So there mm-hmm. are accommodation forms on the SA College Board website. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just specifically giving that, obviously you'd want the documentation that they were diagnosed with diabetes, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure that they would need, um, you know, the IEP if it's not something they've already done. Right. Yeah. And for this student, they, I think it was a brand new technology about the time that that came out and they needed to be convinced that this child really needed this phone. And so proving some history that, that this was a necessary medical device, um, was kind of what we were doing. So I'm, I'm assuming it probably nowadays, um, it may be a little more, they've seen it a bit more. I I would agree. Yeah. I think a little easier maybe, Mm -hmm. but definitely do that way in advance. It takes time to go through the accommodations process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you've got to work it out with your local testing facilitator as well. It's not just the college board. They, it has to end. A lot of them will be really sticky with you because it happens in the public schools. So, yeah, 
<laughs> That's a whole nother hour to more more topic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so Stacy, as we're wrapping up, I would love you to talk a little bit about HSLDA, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, and just what the consultants do and um, how that's a benefit of uh, HSLDA membership. Yeah, absolutely. It is such a privilege to work with HSLDA. They've been around for almost 40 years protecting your right to homeschool and making homeschooling possible in so many different ways. Um, We have an incredible website with so much uh, really valuable information. Uh, We have over 100,000 members strong and uh, Mm. support members through uh, legal assistance, uh, legal representation. Uh, But then Mm -hmm. we have this incredible team of educational consultants that cover all areas. We have our pre, pre-K through eight. We have mm-hmm. our high school consultants and we have our special needs consultants. And so um, there's up on the screen, you can see uh, just some of the, the many high school, con- or sorry, educational consultants that we have. And uh, we're all here just to support you through, you know, phone or email. Mm-hmm. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, if anybody wanted to uh, call and talk to me, I'd be, I'd love to to talk with you um, and connect yeah. with you about about the diabetes issue, but mm-hmm. or anything else that's going on uh, for you. Yeah. But that's an awesome benefit of being a member of HSLDA. I know, remember when I was really struggling? I mean, we've been members of HSLDA from the beginning, but. Um, Diane Craft. <laughs> she poured she, a lot she, into my life. <laughs> our original educational consultant. And, yes, uh, and she ended up being my mentor yeah. even after that. Oh, so, yes. What uh-huh. a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these ladies are just mm. amazing. So, yes. Awesome. Definitely. Definitely give us a call or, or uh, go to our website and check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're listening on the podcast, it's again hslda.com. Org, which stands for Homeschool Legal Defense Association. So, well, awesome. Thank you so much, Stacy, for, for everything you've had to share. Um, I, I, this was an incredible conversation that um, just helped us to dive into some things on a different perspective um, that I really appreciate because um, we, can, we can separate so much the, the medical needs and the family needs and the education needs. And um, you kind of gave us a beautiful picture of just how all that can interplay with one another. And I appreciate that. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yeah, well, we um, just encourage people to, to like Stacy said, reach out to her and, um, and reach out to, to HSLDA and the, the services that um, they offer and really the freedom your freedom to homeschool that they protect. Um, we are grateful for them. And, um, and just thank you for the work that you do through them, Stacy. Um, 30 hours a week, I told her at the beginning when we were talking, that's a long time during the week to be a consultant. <laughs> you talk a lot. <laughs> to be talking, yeah. Talking yes. and writing emails. But and yeah, encouraging. It's, it is, yeah. but it's, it's, it's a gift to be able mm. to encourage others and hopefully yeah. just be a support. I mean, our goal is just to, Make sure everyone is thriving in their mm. homeschool journey and everybody's mm-hmm. looks different. So is, there's yes. no one size fits all. I don't want anybody to think that, but we just mm-hmm. want to help you wherever you are and make it happen the best we can for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and that's that's 
what's most that's the wonderful thing about homeschooling is we can make it exactly exactly whatever we need whatever our children need and so um so yeah thank you for that reminder um and also thank you for our audience for joining us on this episode of empowering homeschool conversations um this broadcast is sponsored by viewers like you um if you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation to sped homeschool we are a 501c3 nonprofit. you can visit our website at spedhomeschool.com and then just click donate um Otherwise, if you go to our website, you can click Need Homeschool Health and you'll find a lot of it there as well. So, um, yeah. And then next week, we are going to be talking about home educating children with chronic illnesses from a homeschool mom practitioner um, who homeschooled her own children with um, chronic medical issues and also does a lot of like natural um, types of medicine. So she's going to kind of dive into that from both sides. Um, so you'll want to definitely stay tuned for that. But um, but that will continue on this this topic of homeschooling and medical needs. And so so stay tuned. Same time, same place here. And thank you again, Stacy, for um, for sharing with us. It's been a great um, I've enjoyed this hour immensely. Um, and thank you all for your comments and fun and questions. We appreciate your involvement too. And we'll see you again next time. So thanks right. everybody. Take and care. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs>